0: It's really quite precious, great touch of heaven on it all. So it's great to have you in church this morning. Uh, Welcome. We uh, don't take up formal tithes and offerings in this church. We've got a box at the back whereby uh, you're just welcome to put your gift there or you can give online, which is really a great benefit. But we do give thanks for all those who give faithfully. And Lord, we just pray right now that you bless the gift and the Giver, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. That's great. Now, the uh, AGM, as exciting as it will be, will start at 12 with the idea that we'll finish by about 12.15. Uh, it, it appears to be a light agenda, so we shouldn't need to go very long. Now, just a couple of other quick housekeeping matters. Uh, Gary did touch upon it in the prayer, Elisha, a a missionary, an untouchable, a Dalit from India that we've worked with through Light Homes for a number of years, doing great things, we're quite connected. He's been on our stage and we have flowered him with petals, remember that? He was so touched by that, because that's what they do thus over there, which is how you welcome people. But when they come to the West, we never do it, you see. So it's a bit of a reverse culture thing. He was so blessed by that. Thank you for doing that. But his wife's quite unwell. She has a hole in her heart. And whilst it's quite operable, how much money do you think an untouchable in India has? Uh, Very little. And so he would like to raise about $4,000 towards uh, the uh, medical expenses of Sindhu's operation. They're considering a couple of different things. And so I'm just putting it out there that it'd be great for us as a church family as an extension to what he's doing to respond to that. So I'm going to ask you that if something you feel that God would have you to do, can you this week or maybe next week just give a, um, a gift, mark it to uh, Elisha uh, or Sindhu, and we'll make certain that they get it. I, I believe, God, that we can raise the $4,000 or very close to it. What do you reckon? Well, I'm going to put something in, so God bless you. So is that a good thing for us to do? I think it would be a great thing for us to do. Uh, the other thing is that uh, we have a happy, sad thing. Uh, Holly Cordell and little Wesley and Aaron are moving to all points north. I hope you have air conditioning. <laughs> so her and her husband are translating up to Carrethra, is it I think? Newman. It's about only... It's all about a 1,000 miles apart up there anyway, isn't it? So it's really great. So it is her last Sunday with us. And so you've been a joy and a blessing to us. And uh, despite some of the storms that happen, Holly's often the happiest person to get on the phone. She's up on stage. She's been a blessing to us. She's been a real servant in the house. So if you could just come out right now and Carolyn and Karen are going to pray for you. And we do have a gift, I believe. Yes, and we're gonna pray for Garrett as well. But we'll just do Garrett slightly differently, so Holly's been a part of the family for a long time. Why don't you just stretch out your hands? And we're gonna pray. You may want one of these. Thanks, Pastor Carol. <laughs> just reach out your hands towards them. Thank you, Lord. Working, not working?
1: It's on green, yay!
2: <laughs>
1: thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Bless you. you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful heart, Lord God. Lord, thank you that she has been such a blessing to each and every one of us here at um, Champion Lakes Church and Southside Care, Father God. Lord, we just thank you that... Um, She's faithful, Lord, faithful to her husband and faithful to you, Lord God. She's already planned the church that she's going to go to when she moves and everything's all in place, Lord. And we just pray, Father God, that you will just prepare the way for her and her little family, Lord God, that you will have the right people to come into contact with her, Lord, the right contacts, Lord God, that you would have already placed in, in... You've already got a place in their hearts for her, Lord God. Lord we just thank you for the blessing that she's been and the blessing that she will be to yes, the new lord. church father god lord we just can't wait to hear of the growth of, of holly lord, yes, lord, of, lord of the things that you will be doing in her life lord yeah. and the life of her family lord god the 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 fantastic miracles that are going to be just just Absolutely, out of this world miracles that are going to happen mm. as a result of you working through this woman of God, yes, Lord God, Lord, Jesus. Lord. And for Wes, Lord, we just pray that the right schools, the, yes, right people, the right people, the right teachers will be coming across His path, Father God. For this little, little man of God, Lord, that um, that He's just growing up to be, Father God. We just pray a blessing upon each one of them, Lord. And we just pray that um, Your touch will be continually on their family in Jesus' name.
0: Yes, Lord. And everybody Amen. said, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. And uh, Garrett's also leaving to go to the country, but Garrett's not been with us quite so long, and he has a limited mobility issue. So we're going to just ask Garrett if you could stand. And Pastor Bob and Gary, could you just pray for Garrett as he goes to uh, points, Boddington, is it, or? Beverly. Beverly. Same thing, begins with B. It's up in the country, lots of bushfires. And only been with us for a short while, but we want to send him with our blessings. So, wonderful.
2: Father God, it's always an honour and a privilege to come before your holy throne of grace and lift up great men and women of God. And Lord, we do pray for Garrett. Lord, we pray for happiness. We pray, pray, Lord, for that uh, joy in his life that you would continue to be the joy of his life, the word and the strength in his life. Yes. For the joy of the Lord is our strength for that peace, that peace that surpasses all understanding and your comfort, the comfort of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray particularly for his mobility, Father God. Lord, I pray that you would do a miracle in his life and that you would increase his physical mobility. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you that he's been a blessing to us. Yes, Lord. And Lord, we pray that he will continue to be a blessing to the community of Beverly. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Fantastic. Praise
0: God. And Jason and Stephanie successfully got married on uh, Friday, and I don't know why they're not here in church on Sunday. I have just, some people's commitment—I tell you—they're just not what it used to be. <laughs> okay, we're starting a new series. Miracles happen, and they do. The Christian God is a God of miracles. He is the God of signs and wonders. And he gets involved, he gets engaged, and he does intervene. He likes to mess with our mess. Don't you love him? He, uh, Richard Dawkins, the uh, famous atheist who wrote the book The God Delusion, was once asked, given all that we know about evolution and science and stuff, why do people keep on becoming Christians? In fact, people are becoming Christians in alarming numbers. <laughs> And so this was his answer. He was, uh, he says, well, the problem is people naively pray and when things happen, uh, they naturally make the mistake that there's a God. <laughs> well, Richard, maybe they're right and grateful. Today, my goal is to help all of us to accept the answer. One of the barriers to receiving the miraculous is believing that God really wants to none of us probably doubts whether God can what we doubt is whether God will. It's not that we think God's limited in power we know that God can do everything but will he do anything for me is often the issue and so we even often pray, Lord if it is your will but here's the deal the will of God is the Word of God. And the Word of God is Jesus. Here's the deal. The will of God is the Word of God. If you want to know what God's will is, you need to know the Word. And if you really want to know the Word, look beyond even the written Word to the living Word, Jesus Himself. So our text this morning is Matthew chapter 8. Large crowds followed. Verse 1, as Jesus came down from the mountainside. The context is just preached the Sermon on the Mount. Suddenly, a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him as Crystal did today before the Lord and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can heal me. See, he has no problems with God's can. He has a problem with God's will. Lord, if you're willing, can. What a great question. Lord, if you're willing, can you heal me and make me whole Jesus reached out and touched him I am willing he said be healed and instantly the leprosy disappeared now get this this is a leper this is the ancient world where there's no cure and to touch a leper was fatal in those days the thought was is that you would pick up the infection and that you would become like the leper so here's the deal The leper kneels before Jesus and says, If you're willing, I know you can heal me, God. But before he speaks a word, Jesus reaches out and touches the leper and says, I'm willing. Just to make the point, he could have stood back and says, Yes, I'm willing and committed, but he reaches out and he touches the leper. Now, there's more going on here than what we actually understand here in the 21st century. Matthew's gospel is constructed with the Jewish mind in, uh, in vogue, in focus. Matthew is writing to the Jews of his day. And the Jews were committed to the old covenant, the old agreement, received from the hands of their great patriarch in Moses. Moses went up to a mountain, yes? He went up to a mountain, he got ten rules, Yes? Do not, do not, do not, do not, do not, do not, do not. Where am I up to? My do nots. It was a lot of don'ts, wasn't it? He comes down from the mountain and what he finds at the base of the mountain is sin. He finds that while he's been away on the mountain, the people of God have turned their backs on God and have created a false image, a golden calf, and they're partying. And so the, the old covenant, the old agreement is holiness enforced by sword, people die. It was a pretty serious covenant. This is the Jewish background. And so they understand how Jesus comes into the Gospel of Matthew as Matthew so it tells the story from a way that a Jewish person would actually understand. He's been born, a miraculous birth. He's gone into the wilderness. He's come out. He's been baptized. And the first thing after his temptation... And he comes out of the wilderness and power. He goes up to a mountain. Hello? If you're going to bring a new covenant, what do you have to do? You've got to go up to a mountain, don't you? So he climbs the mountain. And guess what he does? He actually brings ten new rules. Well, you can't really call them rules. Ten new principles. In fact, they're so wonderful that we actually call them blessings. Well, she, they're so beautiful that we call them beatitudes—not rules, but happy, to be envied, prosperous, fortunate—are the poor in spirit, are the hungry after God. Those, the, these are. So he brings this whole new agreement, whole new covenant. He's inaugurating. He's announcing the establishment of a brand new agreement with human beings. This is pretty fantastic. And so he's coming down from the mountaintop. Now, in a Jewish mindset, they have clearly for many, many centuries they've linked leprosy with sin. They see these things as synonymous with each other. Not that every leper was a sinner, but that was probably the default assumption. And so here's the thing. So when we go to Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, he begins to prophesy about how broken the nation of Israel There's is. in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 6 it says there's no soundness within your body from the sole of your foot to the top of your head you are one open wound he's describing a leper so here's the the in the old testament when God through the prophets describing what does the sinful nation of Israel look like it looks like a leper Someone is broken and bruised. And then when you get to Isaiah 53, that Jesus had no form that we would desire Him, and that he was bruised and he was bruised for our transgressions and wounded for our sins. Some scholars will say again, it's the leper in view that Jesus has become God's leper to save Israel. So when Jesus comes down from the mountain, guess what? Large crowds are following. And it's not by accident That the first person he meets is a leper. Because God, Jesus' response to the leper is actually signifying to the Jewish thinker God's response to the nation. To all people for all time that put their faith and trust in Jesus. What God will do for this leper is symbolic for all people of all generations of God's disposition. God's attitude towards sin and sickness. And he kneels down and says, we know you can, God, but will you? And Jesus says, I am willing. Hallelujah. God is willing, as we've seen in Jesus himself. So this is just immaculate. There's the crowd saying, what will he do? He's a leper. He shouldn't even be there. He should be in a leper colony somewhere crying out unclean. Be away from me. What will Jesus do? What will the new agreement? Aren't you grab under a new agreement? Hallelujah. It's a new covenant. I've got the regulations here. I've got the fine print here. And the fine print says that Jesus is willing. Hallelujah. What is God like? Is God for me or against me? God is. Is for you. Jesus said, I am, I am, I am, I am. Are you hearing me? I am willing. It's critical that we get this started in our hearts. And we get it settled by revelation. We need to accept God's answer. It's important because every miracle starts with the deep conviction that you believe God wants to help, that God wants to heed, that God wants to heal. It starts there, doesn't it? If you don't believe, maybe God will, maybe God won't, then you are, in the words of James, like the wind upon the ocean. You know, the wind blows this way. God's going to heal me. God's going to heal me. No, no, God's not going to heal me. We need to get it settled in our heart. Is it God's will for me to be healed? And the answer is yes. Now, I understand that there will be questions and the whys and the whats and our responsibility and all that's in place. And we will cover some of that stuff over the next few weeks when we look at miracles. But the willingness is established. The what, the how, The who, there are other things to talk about, aren't they? But is God willing? Is God for you? He is. He absolutely is. God can do no more. He's already done it. He put Jesus upon the cross and he yielded his back to the whip of that Roman centurion, 40 of them. And by his stripes, we are healed. He can do no more. There's not another little secret potion in the back shelf of heaven somewhere. It's all been done. And our challenge, of course, is to access that. Okay, good news. God is alive and active on planet Earth. Absolutely huge. There now a number of years ago, you'd hear it said a little bit like this, is that, you know, the Australian Atheist Association have a $10,000 standing reward for anybody who could prove any miracle at any time. Well, the truth is now... The the literature switched the other way. We actually have documentation of so many miracles around the world that now they're just saying, well, we just don't believe anything and stuff. So here's one professor commenting on this, that God does not heal in the late 20th century should be accepted on the evidence of all these case records. He has produced a list mile after mile after mile. People healed in Africa, people healed in America, people healed in Australia. He's produced the list, documents, x-rays, doctor's reports. He's produced the list and some of the atheists still say, oh, no, no, we we don't accept that. So he says this, if you do not accept the evidence, we would like to ask you what sort of evidence would you accept? (laughs) There's nothing else apart from this sort of stuff. So let me just give you one story from Craig Keener's book, Miracles. Craig Keener got his PhD substantially improving that miracles still happen today through documentation. So this is just one story from his book. This is from Galen Hetwek. That's a Filipino place apparently, so my Filipino is probably very bad. A seminary professor from the Philippines, he'd heard about an earlier story uh, that he had first-hand experience with when he was a pastor in the United States. Some early. Now, it is our hope is that some of us will get our testimonies up onto the big screen through talking to Sam. So if you've got something, please make a way to Sam because we'd love to actually showcase miracles that have happened here because that's really powerful, And When you talk about someone else's miracle that you've never met, don't know, it has less impact when you actually know who they are. So on this request, so Craig's trying to investigate this. And so he met this guy called Ed Wilkinson. Now, Ed Wilkinson, I quickly learned from Ed, was not given to uninformed credulity. That means, you know, just being silly. Because he was actually a neuropsychologist by profession. So this man studies brain and thinking and all that sort of stuff. And he complains that sometimes people... Can I tell you the truth? Sometimes people call foolishness faith. It's not quite the same thing. Okay? It can be part of a neurosis in Christianity where we deny things and we go into all sorts of other negative patterns and we smooth it over for religious language. That's from maybe another sermon. You still love me? Okay. But we're talking about the real stuff here. So here's a guy, he's a thinker, he's a neuroscientist and stuff. So he has a young eight-year-old son called Brad. He was found to have a, an aerial septal defect, in other words, two holes in his heart. The condition impaired his lungs in addition to his heart. He had hypertension, a whole range of other things. He would die. So to allow convalescence without interrupting his schooling, they planned to schedule him for surgery over the June holiday period warning that Brad would not play sports anymore during that uh, season. The month's waiting up proved to be stressful. As June approached, Brad began giving away his toys. He's eight years old, expecting not to survive. One day he asked his father, am I going to die? I can remember when my wife was incredibly ill, having to reassure that she was not going to die. And uh, that was a tough conversation to have. The eight-year-old asked dad, can Jesus heal me? The eight-year-old asked, aware of how often faith has been abused, the father cringed and he says, well, I'll get back to you on that one. And a few days later, after some anguished prayer and engagement with Philippians 4 verse 13, which says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, he shared his resolution with his son. God does heal but whether he will heal in Brad's case or not, they still have eternal life in Jesus Christ. It's a good soft answer, isn't it? But it's God's will for Brad to be healed. That's what Jesus has taught us. Hallelujah. <laughs> so um, they felt that his only hope was apart, was apart from surgery, was a special service. A visiting minister, Wesley Stilberg, was holding a healing revival. And uh, they they came to the meeting, and all this particular minister did was pray for emotional healing. Who knows emotional healing is pretty important, though? (laughs) I reckon we probably hurt more there than we do in some other areas sometimes. I think I'd rather have a broken leg than a broken heart. So he's doing it, but you can sense the father's frustration of an eight-year-old boy who has two holes in his heart, and he's not in a good place. Anyway, finally, after the meeting, had almost concluded. He took his little son forward, spoke to the preacher, And he offered a simple little prayer and they went home. The following Sunday, the family traveled to the University Hospital in Columbia, Missouri, for further tests. The tests merely confirmed that nothing had changed. The following morning, as Brad was taken for surgery, the doctor explained that Ed could follow Brad only as far as the yellow tape and then the team would be operating on Brad for four to six hours. At this point, my hope of a miraculous healing had failed Ed says, so our family could only pray for surgical success. Ed returned anxiously to the waiting area. After about an hour, the pediatric cardiac surgeon and the pulmonologist and the risk management director for the hospital entered the waiting area and summoned Ed to accompany them. The surgery should have taken at least four to six hours, and now they're out after an hour. He's thinking the worst. And so they take him to this room and they start putting up some x-rays on it and start displaying films and saying, well, you see where the blood was leaking into the lung chamber um, right here. And then they showed him the other one. It's still leaking there. Then the surgeon showed him the film they'd just shot before starting surgery and there was no two holes in the wall. So... What has happened to my son, It says? Well, he's in the recovery room. <laughs> says, I beg your pardon. The surgeon explained that there was nothing wrong with Brad's heart, even though the holes are all clearly there just one day before and his lungs were, and that also now his lungs were normal as well. So I've, I have not, this is what the doctor says, I've not seen this very often. What a great line. (laughs) While this sort of spontaneous closure can often happen in very small babies, it's not supposed to happen in an eight-year-old. You can call this one a miracle. Someone, the the pulmonologist, turn to your name and say pulmonologist. (laughs) The pulmonologist said somebody somewhere must have been praying. The hospital risk manager added firmly, you can see from the films, this is not a misdiagnosis because they had come from, uh, because had come from cardiac catheterization. Uh, they kept in Brad overnight. Next Tuesday, Brad went to his baseball game and he went to play. He's on second base and he runs down and tags somebody And one of the other parents is thinking that the uh, the umpire's got it wrong. He says, well, that's a miracle. And Ed says, you've got no idea. (laughs) So it's a great story, documented facts and figures that God still does amazing things. I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, miracles! I'm doing my best here, but miracles! they do what second corinthians chapter 1 verse 20 says that all the promises of god just not some but all the promises of god are Yes. yes and amen to those in christ jesus if you're in christ jesus all those promises are for you god is for you let me share with you a closer story do we have the video sam Sean George, it's in your drop box. <laughs> Sean George testimony. <laughs> well, we may get there. It's 500 megs, unfortunately. Okay. All right. Um, look at the clock. Stand behind me, Satan. Forget the so, um, Sean George, we do have a testimony, but you, I might just have to retell you the story, but it's always great. He's, an, he's a man who's actually the senior consultant physician of Kalgoorlie Hospital. He's the regional manager for consultant physicians in Kalgoorlie. He's gone down to Esperance, to, uh, to the Esperance Hospital, to uh, you know, do what doctors do, I suppose. always worries me that they call what they do practice. Like to think that one day they'll get it right, won't they? But, so he went down there to practice. On the way back, he has a heart attack. Um, by the time he's driven into the Kimbelda ambulance station, who's ever been to Kimbelda? Don't blink, you will miss it. I, think, I didn't even know there was an ambulance station there. So this is not a major hospital. This is a place where they parked the bus. He's rushed there and uh, he has no brain function. His heart stopped. And for 55 minutes, he is considered to be dead. His wife is rang. She lives in Calgary. So she's driving down to Kembelda to be with him. And they keep uh, trying to resuscitate him. So he's still on machines. And they have uh, the little uh, things. I just love one of those things one day. (laughs) There is that little... Yeah? Oh no, the short one. I, I sent you a short one, but if you've got YouTube you can throw up the do up the sec do uh, part two. Just for about three minutes. But the, the interesting thing again, this is a doctor in our area, we know Perth, we know Kalgoorlie, we know his name. Can he actually and what he has is the ECG report for fifty five minutes. And every once in a while, there's a spark of when they get the paddle, you know, and uh, eventually his wife comes in. Uh, One of the things I find quite amazing about some of the miracles of God, it's not always based on us getting the formulas right or just being in massive faith about things. Sometimes the prayers are pretty basic. And uh, the wife went in there and says, look, he's 39, God. (laughs) He's too young. He's got an eight-year-old kid. A no, 10 year old boy. Don't want him to die. And he came back to life. And, uh, you know, he should have no brain function. He should have nothing left. Thank you. We've got part of him up here.
2: Praise the Lord. God is good, isn't he? Very handsome man, too. All the time. <laughs> I think I have to start my story. Sorry for my voice. That's probably the only part that is yet to heal. But, um,. I have to start the story from the time that uh, I went to Vanuatu. All of you were praying for me as, as I went to Vanuatu. It was just one week before this major incident in my life that I would actually come back. It was just so amazing. The people of Vanuatu were so passionate and God really moved. It was the most ex- amazing experience of my whole life. While I was there, I preached on Sunday morning and more than 40 people came forward to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. God is good, isn't he? Amen. And in the one week that we were there, we were seeing patients every day in the morning and every evening we had revival meetings. And for the glory of God, I'd like to say more than 400 people gave their life to the Lord Jesus Christ that week. So it's no surprise that we had rocked the enemy. The enemy was really angry and upset with me and I have absolutely no doubt in my own mind that I was under attack by the enemy because he wanted me out of this planet. Many of you may not know this, I came back actually on the Friday and on Monday I actually had an accident as well, a car accident which is the silliest accident that ever took place. I'd like to tell you a few things that happened in Tungo while I was there. Tungoa is actually a small island, one of the 82 islands of Vanuatu. It's such a small, remote island, there is not even electricity there. We had to live in a shack.
0: So so there's a whole sermon that he's put up uh, only about a month after he's had this uh, death experience. And I clipped it up to the essential part because he's telling a little bit of a story about... uh, The whole journey, when you've got an hour, you can take up the whole hour. So I wanted to respect your time and just to get the Colonel three minutes. But if you'd like to listen to it, it's a really inspirational testimony. And his website, if you go to Sean George and look at the website, you can actually have a look at the um, ECGs, the cardio electrograph thingies and the lines and get all the data behind it. So they're calling him Lazarus now. (laughs) Miracles happen. Miracles happen all the time. And sometimes we give up on miracles, or we think it's just easier to reach for the medicine, or the psychologist, or for the things that are human and accessible, than it is to just put our place and our heart in God. We need to accept the answer. What's the answer in terms of? Is it God's will that you be healed? The answer is we need to accept it. The answer is yes, and Amen. One Second Corinthians chapter one verse twenty says, "All the promises are yes." And when we say amen, it brings glory to God. So when I say to you, is the God's promise to you a yes today? And you say amen, you bring God glory. You see how that's meant to work? So is it God's promise to provide for you? Amen. That brings God glory. Is it God's will to heal you? Yes. Amen. That brings God glory. Is it God's... Will to heal you emotionally. You know, whatever your miracle might be. Some of our miracles are Goliath. Some of them are relationships. Some of them are all sorts of difficult things. It may be for an unsaved loved one. But God does miracles. He does them amazing. So so that's been my goal today. Is to Get us established on this journey of faith. Great anointing today. Wonderful thing. And sometimes we will just need to walk out our... Miracle. I have lots of questions. Why doesn't God always heal instantly? Why does uh, God appear not to heal in other circumstances? I I have theories and theology that we will discuss another day. But today, (laughs) miracles happen and you're a candidate for a miracle. Every person here, if you will ask and not waver in faith, you can believe God for good things. One of my favorite stories. relates to that of a missionary who is working amongst a remote Amazonian tribe, up there um, in Brazil somewhere possibly. And uh, this tribe has had no contact with uh, Western civilization. They've been cut off for generation after generation. this missionary goes into this area to uh, preach the gospel to them and to help them. And uh, he's working amongst these people, he's learning their language, when all of a sudden they seem to contract some sort of an infectious disease. I forget what it is now. It was measles or pollen. It was some sort of a communicable disease that threatened to kill this tribe. Um, The missionary uh, knew that if he could convince the tribe to actually come with him to the missions hospital about 60 miles away, that they would be able to get the assistance that they need and they would all live. So, simple problem, how do you get this tribe of people to move? And the the dilemma was, I knew they were sick, but as they were on this uh, Amazon River, they had this superstition that the river was evil, and if you went into the river, bad things could happen to you. Now, it's possibly that there's a lot of experience behind that as well. You no know, crocodiles, snakes, you know. So it may not have been a superstition. It might actually have been, a, you know, just a very practical taboo. But they had now spiritualized it. They thought there was this big demon that lived under the waters of the Amazon River. And so they were fairly content to, uh, uh, you know, put their ankles into it, but they were never prepared to swim or to lose their weight in this river. And so there's this missionary. who's trying to say to them, look, I promise you, that on the other side of the river, there's an answer. I promise you that there is healing available for you. I promise you that there is an answer on the other side of the river. And essentially for this group of people to get to their answer, they had to believe the message. They had to believe that what the messenger was saying, that there is a promise of health, there is a promise of healing, there is an answer But if they did not believe, then they would not move. And sometimes it's pretty scary to leave where you are, you know, to let your feet walk into that river and to be walking through the mud and get to that place where you start to float and the currents start to take you over. It's pretty difficult, isn't it? But if we will believe the message, then there is healing available. Then there is an answer possible. And what we do know is this, is that God's given us an incredible message in this book. Thank God for the old covenant, because without it, we don't understand the new agreement. With the old covenant, what we can really do is appreciate the new agreement. And when Jesus came, he said, blessed are you, blessed are you, blessed are you, blessed are you. And people were probably wondering, yeah, how's he going to deal with sin? How's he going to deal with sickness? And sure enough, there was a leper waiting. Lord, if you're willing, you can. Lord, are you willing? And the answer is, yes. yes. God is willing; is on your side. So I wonder if you just bow your heads, and we're just going to pray. Uh, Father, we fully acknowledge that we're human, and Lord, we are limited. We are frail, but Lord, you are sovereign and powerful. Lord, I pray by a revelation today that you would just stir each of us in our hearts. Lord, that you come against any bondages, Lord, any strongholds, Lord, doubts, or the things that get in the way and cloud our clarity. Dear Jesus, Holy Spirit, blow, blow. Let there be crystal clear acknowledgement, Lord, you are for us. Lord, you are willing. Lord, you did not hold back your hand from Jesus. How much more will you give us all things that pertain to life and godliness? So, Father, we do pray, of course, for wisdom and, Lord, for action, Lord, that we might be able to walk into the promise. But, Lord, I pray that each of us today would accept the answer yes (laughs) yes (laughs) yes god's my friend yes god's on my side yes god is my provider yes god is my sustainer yes god is my strength yes lord that our yes to you would resound with an amen lord let it be true for your glory we ask it in jesus name and I'm just going to ask you right now, I'm going to do this for the next few weeks. Wherever you are, if you have a need for a miracle in your life, just stand where you are. I'm just going to pray. And God's going to do miracles. We'll just pack them up as we go. If you have need for a miracle, I'm not going to call you out the front. We're not going to delay the service. If you've got a need for a miracle, we're going to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Dear merciful God, God of all grace and of all sufficiency, Lord, we look to you as the God who answers by fire. We look to you as the God, Lord, who answers with signs and wonders. Lord, you promised that, Lord, we would go into the whole world, Lord, and we would lay hands upon the sick, Lord, and they shall recover. Lord, that these signs will follow them who believe. Lord, these are believers. Lord, so therefore they're receivers, Lord, and signs will follow them, Lord. Lord signs aren't meant to follow the preacher, Lord, they're not meant to follow the denomination, Lord. They're not meant to follow a brand. Lord, signs follow believers. Lord, so, Father, we just ask, Lord, you know our unbelief. Help us, Lord, in our belief and our faith. And, Lord, we welcome your intervention, your power, your grace, your miraculous provision, whatever it might be, right now in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, let it be. God bless you. you. May be seated. Fantastic. We have the so band up. We're going to sing "Cornerstone." Thank you. It's a great anthem. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal savior, it's incredibly important that you do not leave this building without settling the question about where you stand. The problem's not the act of sin. The problem is the fact that we're rebels. God can take care of the faults and the failures. The problem is that we don't want to submit to another Lord. His name is Jesus. Jesus is the Lord of lords. He is the Lord of life. He does get to rule. He does get to tell us what to do. And we actually need to somewhere on the way acknowledge that we've been a rebel and that we want to do our own thing rather than do God's thing. The first, the number one tenant. Of witchcraft, you never think you'd hear that in a church, would you? But the number one tenet of witchcraft is do what you want. That's the rule of witchcraft. Do as thou wilt. Most Australians I meet live by that. Law, don't they? The central tenet of Christianity started off with the Old Testament. They The scribes and the Pharisees put it down to 613 commands from the uh, the covenant. Then uh, David put it down to 15. Then Micah gave it down to three. He's showing the man what is good, to love mercy, walk humbly with thy God, and do justice. And Jesus took it down to two. Love God and love people. Mm. Makes it so easy, doesn't it? <laughs> so if you don't know Jesus Christ, your own personal say, please speak with me and one of my leaders, Pastor Karen, Stop here, mm. Pastor Carol. please do not leave without uh, just asking a question, we really do want you to receive the gift of eternal life. God so loved the world that he thought the world of you. He sent Jesus, his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have a great life forever and and ever. Come stand with me.